fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy glory, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy excellence, making all your football-related fantasies come true. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones, with me as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself, and we're here for the Week 8 recap and early Week 9 waiver wire show. Last week, I railed about how it wasn't a very good week of football. I stand by that not very hot take. This week was different. This was yeah. an exciting week of football. Last year we had to, you know, uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, pulling whatever. I don't. It was tough to find our studs of the week. We just couldn't do it. It was like, ah, okay, he did twenty fantasy points. He was okay. This week we got like eight guys, maybe nine guys in our studs of the week pile, and that's always super, super fun. We're looking forward to it. We're actually starting a couple minutes early, which is unprecedented. Like I said, the wolf's with me. Wolf, how you doing? Doing good. I'm in a bunch of fantasy battles. Most of this year, I haven't had these type of Sundays that truly come down to that one or two player on Monday night football. Either I've blown the other team out or I've had a couple losses where I just didn't have a shot. So it's kind of fun to remember that rush, but then it's also like, oh, great. I'm not going to sleep for two straight nights. Yeah, can't wait for that. It's Of all the players, too, it's Nick Chubb. And that's like the worst kind of player to be waiting for because they just pound you and pound you. And I have like, I think, a 16-point lead or something like that where Chubb could definitely get it. He might fall short, but either way, he's going to get close. He's going to pound me. So I've got that nice anxiety riding me right now. But otherwise, a fun Sunday for sure. A.J. Brown was great. Yeah, excited to talk through these early studs, um, all the stats that matter. And then, of course, that week nine waiver wire, folks, while we're out there too, before we get started, those of you that are with us early, you can be so helpful by getting us that thumbs up or if you're catching the replay. I know this is one of the shows that typically does really well awesome whether you're here live or you're catching the replay we do go live right after red zone every sunday thanks so much for being here with us that thumbs up button if you enjoy the show will help us get out to more people i say we dive right in truth let's get into it studs of the week like we said uh these guys every single one of these guys would have run away with stud of the week last week in my opinion yeah um but this Holy week me. there was really really good company and we're going to start with a couple guys from the seven and oh eagles Jalen Hurts threw for 285 yards and four scores. This was a rare outing for him where it didn't all come in the first half, although a lot of it came in the first half. I, if we had fantasy numbers just for the first half, I, I would be surprised if Jalen Hurts wasn't the best quarterback in fantasy. He just does it all in the first half. But anyway, 285 yards on 19 for 28 passing for 285 and four touchdowns. Um, strangely, only two rushes for 10 yards. Didn't matter. Still put up like in the 35 to 40 point fantasy uh, area just an outstanding game and they over I mean you know they're playing the Steelers the Steelers think this game went the way it was supposed to go uh his you know wide receiver number one AJ Brown the guy they brought in to be that guy he is that guy he was targeted 11 times only caught six of them but uh he scored three touchdowns on those for 156 yards in fact had the first three Eagles touchdowns of the game it was incredible both guys worthy of consideration for stud of the week Career high receiving yards for A.J. Brown, too, as well as his first time having three touchdowns. A monster day. In truth, you're just asking, like, I wonder where his first half points versus second half points. Uh, Scott Barrett, one of our legendary oh, guests yeah? that comes on a lot. 
he's averaging the most first half points by like nearly 10 a game. He's over 20 points for like on average, just in the first half, he puts up over 20 fantasy points on average. And he's like the quarterback 18 in second half points. That made me look really smart. I yeah, it really did. He, uh, he did. he did all the calculations. So uh, impressive stuff there. Alvin Kamara, definitely in the running. He's had a productive season over his last four weeks. Had not found the end zone until this week where he has one rushing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns, scoring in bunches, 996 in the air. Great receiver one day for that, but then also adding 62 yards and a touchdown on 18 carries, a workhorse load for Alvin Kamara. And man, did he deliver. Huge day for him. Can we talk about Derrick Henry for a second? Good God. <laughs> 32 rushes, 219 yards, and two touchdowns in the Titans' Week 8 win over the hapless Texans. This was just one of those kind of steamroller-type games. You know, we, we've seen this before from him. We haven't seen it a ton this year, but we know he's got it in him. Man, that was brutal. I'm trying to think of, like, the last <laughs> time there's been a player that just single-handedly dominates against a franchise like this. Like, Henry averages almost 200 yards and two touchdowns against this team. I think over his last four games, I think he's averaging, like, 35 fantasy points or something yeah. like that against the, against the Texans. It is just insane. And the fact is, it wasn't even the highest scoring running back performance today somehow. Christian McCaffrey, the triple crown, the reason I'm actually alive in many of my matchups. 18 carries, 94 yards and a score. That's nice. Eight catches, 55 yards, and an additional touchdown. Great. And he can pass. We know we'll see everybody <laughs> quoting that Friday Night Lights one, but also throwing a touchdown as well. The triple crown, I, I know Scott Hansen said it's like the first time. I forget the exact year, but, man, I think only two other people in history have ever done this. It's incredible. Well done, Christian McCaffrey. Whew, what a stud. Nice to see his change of location, huh? Doesn't he look so good in the colors, too? Like He does. He looks like – I mean, He immediately fits perfectly. Oh, it's such a and, great – And it's been pointed out not by people smarter than me. We haven't even seen this guy in the same offense as Debo really yet. So, I mean, like this is – you know. <laughs> and, and Brandon Ioke looks good. Jimmy actually looked pretty – I mean, he did have at least one pass, as he does every game, where you're just like, holy shit, Jimmy, what are you doing? But – uh you know, but he made a really nice pass to George Kittle back of the end zone late in the game. That was a, that was a really nice ball. So we'll see. I mean, they got a lot of weapons, dude. They're only four and four now. But yeah. I mean, you know, but that that division's kind of wide open. When that defense gets healthy too, they're good. Yeah, I think that team can definitely make noise. Interesting point on Debo. Like, I'm not to ex exasperate this, but it's going to be incredible real life wise. Maybe McCaffrey takes a slight little hit, but I do think this type of usage, like seven to eight targets. 15 to 20 carries every single week and maybe an occasional trick play. Like this is beautiful. This is exactly what you wanted. Even when Debo returns, I imagine he'll have an insane workload. So wheels up, baby. This is and like the Niners. The one. Niners are deep too. Jeff Wilson's good. Like he's he is good. You know, and he's he might, that's true, but they, they just got a lot of pieces, man. Yes. Anyway, uh, speaking of which, when Zeke doesn't play, we talked about how Tony Pollard does. The Wolf had him ranked number six, I believe going into mm -hmm. the week, which maybe was not high enough, come to no. find out. 14 <laughs> rushing attempts, 131 yards. That's a ho-hum nine-and-a-half yards a clip. Uh, three touchdowns, added a, a catch for 16 yards, and just looked nasty the whole game. He really did. I mean, what, what? 14 rushes. 14 rushes, 130 yards. Man, you'd think they'd have been feeding him more, but whatever, it worked. <laughs> he's so damn efficient every time he touches the rock. Now, he's only made two starts for Zeke in his career. He's yeah, had he's over been incredible, points, right? Over 30 points in both of them. The guy's a monster. At a certain point, we just have to turn the keys over. And, of course, after the game. Jerry the Jones says no, though. 
Yeah, exactly. We're going to go as Zeke goes after the game, after when he's asked about Tony Pollard. How stuck in your fucking ways can you be? I get you gave the guy an idiotic contract in terms of Zeke, but let's get over it and let's feed an absolutely electric Tony Pollard the way that Travis Etienne, not in the running for a stud of the week. We'll get to him when we get to running backs, but man, the way he's being deployed, that's how we should be seeing uh, usage go for Tony Pollard, in my opinion. We but talked about Ford, like, speaking how, of, how stuck in your ways is Jerry Jones? What is he, like 85 years old? Like probably pretty stuck in his way. Probably ways. pretty stuck, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, and it's just crazy that we were like going through some of these studs and then Tony Pollard, we know, is a stud when he starts. And then also in the 30-point club, Donta Foreman doing it all on the ground too. 23 attempts, 112 yards, three touchdowns, just dominating the snap share, the workload. He was in for 54 of like the 70 total plays and every down monster on early downs, goal line, even the two-minute drill, nearly all the snaps. He is a beast. Donta Foreman, man, maybe a low-end running back. Like I can't say low-end running back one in this offense. You know, we've, but we've always liked him, though. Every, oh, always loved the player. He's going to see probably 20. There's no way they go back to Chuba after this. So I think you can feel great about him as a running back, too. And this offense has some life with P.J. Walker, with the coaching staff returned over. Like D.J. Moore's re-engaged. I like what I'm seeing out of the Carolina Panthers, at least the foreman's value, and D.J. Moore as well. Rounding out the studs last and maybe least just because this is such a uh, loaded category. Uh, Tua, 29 out of 36, 382 yards and three touchdowns. At least. (laughs) I mean, it might be. He might be. I think it is. I think Honestly, of all the guys on this list, I'm kind of like, ah, ho-hum. But, I mean, he had had an incredible game. We we always start the list after the 1 p.m.s because we've got to get, you know, some talking points down. After 4 o'clock, that's when McCaffrey, Henry, like all these guys just came in and started battering teams. Oh, it's we already had five or six guys after the one o'clock games. And, and usually like we're struggling to get that many total. And like I said, they're almost never as good as these guys are. It's yeah. like, oh, seven catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. And it's like, Monsters. this is like, that doesn't even snip. This is one of those days that a lot of us are going to be in those like fantasy haymaker matchups where it's just I'm in 30 a- pointer, 28 pointer, like just going back and forth. This, these are the week's fantasy. It, this fun. is how we do it. And it's going to, some of our hearts are going to be ripped out and it's going to be brutal. But the winds are going to feel amazing, and it's just we're alive, baby. This is how yeah. this, this is what I'm most alive. This is how you know you're alive. Fantasy haymakers. So, who's your uh, stud of the week? I got to give it to McCaffrey just for personal reasons, like the <laughs> the versatility of it, the fact that he's on a lot of my teams too. But three touchdowns in three different ways, like I and I think he also ended up scoring the most points if you do PPR wise, at least. It's really it's there. very close. It's like there's like five guys within like a point of each other. Every single one, yeah, thirty eight, thirty nine. Thirty eight was the big was thirty eight point three was a recurring number in my league. I yeah. would probably, I mean, I, I see why you'd say McCaffrey, and I might even lean him too, but. Uh, it's such a big dick game from Derrick Henry. I don't know. All of them were. <laughs> I mean, what a day. What a day for the fantasy scoring, man. Great stuff. Uh, I know we haven't really been doing dud of the week. I'll just toss this out there. The entire Raiders offense. That was fucking Oh, awful. feel free to toss that out because it was abysmal. <laughs> so I think you got to give the – if we had to pick a player to give it to, it's probably Derek Carr. I mean, 101 scoreless yards, one pick. Brutal and a matchup that had shootout all over it, and the Saints sure did their part. Awful, awful day from Carr, and we'll talk about the receivers and what happened there. 
Oh, just awesome. So, and Josh Jacobs. Like, I concur with you on Dud of the Week being the Raiders as a whole. The but Raiders. I, I disagree I disagree about it being Carr. I would give it to Devontae Adams. I think yeah. a lot more is expected out of him than Derek Carr. I mean, they were, they were both terrible, but I feel like Adams' stat line was like one catch, five yeah, yards. No Lattimore either. Wide receiver ones have been going nuts yeah. against the Renfro, same. nothing. Adams, Ooh. nothing. Jacobs, nothing. Carr, like less than nothing. Uh, take your pick. I would I would lean towards Adams, maybe even Jacobs. He was so terrible too. I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll cover those guys more. As yeah, we dive into our talk stat about them in negative stat trends. About twenty five <laughs> here with us. It would mean the world if you enjoy what you're hearing. Please do consider that thumbs up button helping us grow. It means the world. Let's dive into some quarterbacks. All right, positive quarterback stuff. Justin Fields, seventeen out of twenty three for a buck fifty one, two touchdowns, no picks. They did lose by twenty to the Cowboys. He also had eight carries for sixty yards and one touchdown. Uh, they were not really super in this game, <laughs> but uh, Fields still managed to put up a respectable fantasy day. He had a great fantasy day, his most of the season, in the hardest matchup he's had so far, too, against the Cowboys. The next three matchups are all bottom five defenses and points allowed to quarterbacks. He has now had a top 12 performance in four straight weeks. We got to accept it, folks. We're going to talk about him when we get back to waiver wires, but he's a low-end QB1. Yes, Konami, code is back and alive. Great to see these performances from Fields. He just, like, eyeball test-wise, seems more comfortable, dialing up plays that fit to his strengths more. Really, really positive. Also, the best game we've seen from Dak so far, fantasy-wise, 250 yards, uh, two touchdowns. The big thing was 34 yards and a touchdown on the ground. They've talked about wanting to use him more as a rusher. Five rushes is not crazy, but it's not nothing either, especially when this offense seems so much more uh, pass-resistant. They're really leaning on the defense not like the years we've seen in the past with Dak and Kellen Moore. And so if that's going to flip, Dak definitely gets his ceiling lower. But the rushing upside, if he can continue this, might help buoy out that offset. Kyler Murray, 30. And look, these guys didn't even come close to making the stud list. And these are big games. Kyler Murray, Murray, 31 out of 44 for 326. Two touchdowns, also two picks in the Cardinals. 34 to 26 loss to the Vikings. The Vikings, who are now, what are they, 6-1, and maybe 7-1? and They they, – is it just me or do they only play bad teams? Um, and by the be. way, by the way, they're playing the commanders next week, just along those lines. Um, just continue. Anyway, you know, Murray also had 36 yards on six carries again, like didn't get the job done. I think the Cardinals are kind of a train wreck. Um, he was not helped out by a couple drop passes as well from guys. Maybe you wouldn't even expect, but good fan- fantasy game for Murray. Like we said, he had 25 fantasy points. Yeah. On the other side, Kirk cousins, not a bad day, two thirty-two, two, uh, but also scored on the ground, and that's where it's a little sketchy. It's, it's a little bit of a May performance more than a, a good one. 24 points, got the job done. You'd yeah. be very pleased with that. But this doesn't feel like a sustainable when he cousin scores on the ground. It's like, oh, I mean, that's not happening every week. So good fantasy outcome, but probably not what you can bank on most weeks with him. Marcus Mariota, I liked your quote when I uh, said something about the finish of this game. You said that game was way more exciting than it had any business being or something like that. Marcus Mariota, 22 fantasy points, 20 of 28, 253 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, uh, six rushes, 43 yards. I mean, another very respectable fantasy uh, game. And I don't know if you saw the end of that, but 34-28 Falcons, amazing long pass to, I think it was DJ Moore, long pass. Ties it up 34 34 with like 12 seconds on the clock. The Panthers taunt 15 yards, tacked onto the extra point, misses the extra point. Falcons win in overtime. 
Holy hell, I'd be so pissed. Pinheiro, talk about dud of the week. I know nobody uses him fancy. Real life dud of the week, though. Also missed like a 35-yarder in overtime. Oh, my God. So, just a gut-wrenching loss. If He's no young Huku. No, no automatic. Our, our boy, young Huku, for sure. Who, who won the uh, game, by the way. 100%. Andy Dalton, another nice day. 17 fantasy points. Nothing insane, but 229 yards, two touchdowns. Seems to really be cementing himself as the starter. And this offense likes to chuck, so he could have some real streamability during these bi-week stretches here. Going to negatives, we already talked about him, but we're going to talk about oh. him again. Derek Carr, 15 out of 26 for 101. Uh, no touchdowns, one pick. Marshawn Lattimore not even going against him here. And he was actually pulled late in the game for, wait for it, Jarrett Stidham. I think that's all. I think that's my mic drop line right there. Yeah, Stidham. (laughs) See you later. See ya. (laughs) Let's send the crowd home unhappy. Stidham. (laughs) Right. Kenny Pickett, 25 of 28. So a good completion percentage. How do you do with it? 191 yards and a pick. No touchdown. (laughs) A widely mediocre, actually useless stat line. Even though the completion percentage looked good, it was boring. It was dull. And it was fantasy uselessness. Malik Willis, who we were both excited to see. A lot of people were. He threw 10 times, completed six of them, 55 yards, and a pick. Um, Derrick Henry did everything. They really didn't need the guy to do much. He almost scored. He he was uh, knocked out of bounds maybe at the one. He, he had a shot. I don't really think we can tell too much, except that they clearly did not trust him to throw the football. And why bother when you got a tank on your team that's going to run for 250 yards because he does every single time you face these guys. Exactly. There's not going to be too much to glean from this one, given that, like you just said, if they can run it 35 times, they're going to put it down their throat. We mean, CJ said that on the pregame show today. We warned people don't go too crazy with Malik Willis. And uh, came to fruition there. Matthew Stafford also belongs on this list for the 4 p.m.'s. 22 completions, 33 attempts. Looked like he was off to a good start, fresh out the bye. Really only racked up 187 in a TD. Sure, he played better ball and like didn't turn the ball over, but 16, 17 fantasy points when you started. Like he just started out. He had 16 and ended up finishing with 17. So it just yeah. felt really, really underwhelming today. Yeah, the Rams looked really good for like a quarter and a half. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, and then they didn't score any more points. Running backs. Let's talk positive running backs. Dalvin Cook. And again, this is a stat line that probably gets you at least in the conversation for studs most week. 20 rushes, 111 yards and a score. Also had five catches for another 30 yards. That's not nothing. Um, Great game. Alexander Madison and Kirk Cousins uh, each found the end zone rushing. So So that, 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 you know, uh, what do you say? Uh, He was eating his cheese. Anyway, his cheese got eaten. (laughs) It was nibbling away on his cheese a little bit. Um, Great game for Cook. Vikings are six and one. Obviously, he's a must-start every week. Indeed, indeed. Travis Etienne, maybe the biggest riser first week without James Robinson. How does it go? 24 carries, 156 yards, one touchdown. He played 79% of the snaps, saw 80% of the carries, 67% of the routes. Really, the only thing missing right now is the targets, just three targets. Uh, So a very underwhelming receiving line. But we're talking about a guy that just put up 25 fantasy points. I'm not nitpicking it. And he has a great receiving profile. So to me, that's just like that last step for him to re- reach that elite stardom level running back. If we get those like seven to eight target days added to this other type of workload, Etienne will be right alongside the like, you know, not CMC feels lofty to say after a day like today, but like he'll be knocking on the door of that top five running back one ceiling if those targets can go up now. 
Another guy you and I and every everybody in this neck of the woods loves, Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, 16 rushes, 71 yards to go along with seven catches on eight targets for another 72. Patriots really looked like that they were going to lose this game. Uh, and then, thing, you know, then Zach Wilson happened, I guess you would say. But anyway, uh, Stevenson looked pretty good. Um, you know, he's he's playing the part of the bell cow. Hopefully that continues. Damian Harris is back, I believe. But anyway, uh, he looked really good. Mac Jones, this is completely separate. Mac Jones, I texted at one point to the RSJ uh, thread. He throws like my seven-year-old son. And my seven-year-old son's not like not not like a prodigy athlete or anything like that. <laughs> not a seven-year-old son you want to be uh, throwing like at no, least. He's not, not like an LeBron, NFL quarterback. Right. Uh, but yes, as you noted, Harris is back, and that is important to discuss. You know, 49 snaps for Stevenson compared to 31 for Harris. They were on the field for a few together there. So that is a little bit of a concern. The fact that Harris ran 17 routes, he did only see two targets compared to seven targets for Ramondre, who ran 25 routes. Like He's definitely getting the higher leverage usage, but Harris did get all the short yardage work as well today, the goal line and short yardage. Um, they did sometimes rotate like who was in that drive, but something to keep in mind for sure. Jamal Williams, 10 carries, 52 yards, and doing what he does best, two Scoring. touchdowns. Right. I think he now is tied for the NFL lead in rushing touchdowns, even after they've already had a bye week. That's how much goal line usage this guy is seeing. And why not? He's always good about it. He converts. It's like James Conner. We, again, Ian Hart, I keep coming back to that comparison he made in the preseason. It's perfect. He was like the number two running back on the team, but he's just a goal line hammer. And it was good to see the line just kind of back in, uh, back and peppering it. In the mean wake, in his wake of scoring, DeAndre Swift, he got a touchdown too. But you just see like, uh, it feels like there's a lot of meat on the bone. Always for him, five carries, six yards, eh, gross. Five catches and a touchdown on five targets, but not much yardage there either. So it's tough. It's good to see Swift back, though, uh, again, with those 27 yards for the air. Eh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. It's like clearly his ceiling is so capped. Swift is. If anything ever happened to Jamal, I wonder if he'd even get that goal line roll if they just make sure like Craig Reynolds gets it instead. Uh, but good to see him back. And he looked pretty explosive on a, a couple of his plays, too. So. Doesn't Jamal Williams lead the NFL in touchdowns? Rushing touchdowns, yeah. I think he's either tied or single. I, I think yeah. I think he's on top, actually, mm -hmm. by himself, which is just bonkers. Maybe after the second today, yeah. wonder what the odds on that were at the beginning of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Khalil Herbert slowly taking over the Bears' backfield. 16 rushes, 99 yards. I sung his praises uh, a lot on the Wednesday show, as you did as well. He also had a touchdown in their loss to the Cowboys. This kind of was a slow burn. I actually saw a lot of this. And it really seemed like Montgomery was getting the bulk of the workload early. And then kind of as they started running Herbert, they were just like, geez, we obviously we should keep running this guy. Uh, he and Montgomery had very similar carries, at least amounts, but Herbert had like twice as many yards. So there you go. Exactly. And just like you said, the production keeps going to Herbert. They keep talking about the hot hand. I don't know when it's going to flip because we did see 54 plays go to Montgomery just 20 snaps going to Khalil Herbert. All the year, almost all the goal line work, short yardage work, two minute drill, all went to Montgomery as well. So we're not seeing Herbert get those high leverage touches, even though he's looking so much better than him. I do think it's going to keep flipping. He's still out there in a handful of leagues. So we're going to go over the early wave wire in just a few minutes. I put Herbert at the top of that if he was somehow still out there in your leagues, not quite 50%. Miles Sanders, just ho hum, nine carries, 78 yards, and a score. Just the lead back, because you look at Kenneth Gainwell, one rush, three yards. Like, he's not involved at all. Boston Scott got, like, four carries, too. But this is Miles Sanders' backfield. They didn't even need to use him much. 
So in closer games, you see even higher usage and higher snap shares. So solid day for Miles Sanders for sure. We're into the Mac category here. Raheem Mostert, 14 rushes for 64 yards, one reception for three yards, and the Dolphins win over the Lions. That's kind of the definition of a Mac game. Very Mac. But it is important to note, he saw 44 of the snaps of the yep. 68 total, only 16 going to Chase Edmonds. So nice to see that, even though it doesn't look great counting-wise, fantasy points-wise. He still is the clear. This is well established at this point. I mean, this is several weeks in the makings, right? I mean, it's four straight weeks with more routes for Mostert. 20 this week compared to nine for Edmonds. Like that's the the unexpected part of all this is that he's running more routes, seeing more targets. Uh, And of course, the the snap share now shifting to his favor. Like, I mean, 60 to 70 percent wise. So, yeah, definitely a good week to maybe try to buy low. if people are like panicking over this mediocre performance. Damian Pierce, another meh day. He did bail his day out with a touchdown receiving-wise at the end. Three catches, 16 yards, and a score through the air to go with just 35 yards on 15 carries. Very, very mediocre performance from him. But the team sold out to stop him. I'm just worried that this offense is going to get shittier and shittier, especially if they trade away Brandon Cooks. So maybe Pierce is a sell high right now if he can pull it off. Both Denver running backs fall into the Matt category. Now, they both scored. So if you started them each, like you probably were okay with that. Melvin Gordon, nine rushes, 29 yards and a touchdown. Latavius Murray, 14 rushes, 46 yards and a touchdown. Um, pretty lousy London game. Uh, yeah. Broncos, Jags, two, two and five. Teams. What do we expect, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty much exactly. It went pretty much the way we thought, and it was close. And I don't know. If, if you were in London and you were like, this is what I want to see, then okay, I guess you're happy. If only we could have the uh, Panthers and Falcons in prime time instead, right? Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> Ended up being a great game, seriously. But yeah, 34 snaps for Gordon, 27 to Murray. It's just a boons out, so that does make it a little bit clearer. And they both did end up fine for your fantasy lambs because of the touchdowns. Who knows if that's going to be there every week on the worst red zone offense in the league. Another May Day, Eno Benjamin. I think he must be the most frustrating experience because there was the week where you had to play him, you smash start him. He got like 7.5 to 9, depending on your scoring. So you probably benched him last week. He has 21 points on your benches. And then you're like, okay, I have to have this guy when he's starting. And here's what he does for you. Nine carries, 22 yards, as well as four catches for 23 yards. So it's not like just complete and utter useless, but really nothing that you were hoping for after a 20-point day. He did get most of the work, if you look at it, 57 of the snaps, compared to just 20 for Darrell Williams, uh, all the goal line work. Most of the short yards in two minute. So he got almost everything, but still just didn't do anything with it. And that's kind of what has always been the career. So he'll probably bench him next week and he's probably going to have 25 points. All right, let's go to negatives. We talked about this guy. We're going to say it again. Josh Jacobs, 43 yards rushing, two catches for 11 yards. This is the guy that was just bonkers off the chart recently. We were talking about how amazing he was. This seemed like a real opportunity to do something. And everybody on the Raiders laid an egg. So he's in good company or in bad company, depending on how you look at it. But anyway, it seems only fair that he would highlight our negatives this week. Yeah, absolutely. He had three straight 30-point performances. Christian McCaffrey has never done that. Like, I think it's only four running backs. As Scott Barrett was talking about it on his DFS show. Crazy. Crazy to see that type of production. And then, bam, had to come cratering out. And we saw Abdullah, 20 snaps compared to 32 for Josh Jacobs. All the third down work went to Amir Abdullah. That's I can't even believe that guy's still in the NFL. I can't either. 17 routes for Jacobs, 14 for Abdullah. That was what was propelling Jacobs to these huge days is the getting the receiving work in addition to all of the carries. He still has all the early down work. There's no timeshare with him or Zamir White or anything like that. But to not have the receiving work is definitely going to cap him. 
and it would have made Jacobs a great sell high after those first three 30 games in a row. Jets backfield, ew, disgusting. Uh, Michael Carter, seven carries, 26 yards, four receptions for 35, so serviceable, okay. James Robinson, five carries, 17, just to kind of be involved. But the worst part was Ty Johnson ended yeah. up rotating in as the third down back. Now, granted, we did see this uh, when they had Brees Hall. There's one game where we saw like three running backs, including Ty Johnson, involved and annoying, but Brees Hall was talented enough to then erase him completely. I don't know that Carter and Robinson are going to completely erase Ty Johnson, which just makes this a disgust. It's a bad offense. So three three ways split in a bad offense. You guys don't need me to spell out why. That's not something you want to be involved in. If I told you that the Jets were going to, they were five and two, right? If you if I told you that the Jets were going to be like say six and eight, uh, in in like six or eight, six or seven weeks, would you think that was crazy? I I do think their defense is pretty good. So I I would be surprised if they only win one more game in the next you know seven or eight. But would I be stunned like completely? No, not at all. I I, I think the bottom might be about to fall out here. It could. It really could. All right, let's talk. Speaking of disgusting running back situations, Najee Harris, who at last check was like the RB twenty six or something on the season, he and Jalen Warren splitting some nice backfield work. Harris eight carries, thirty two yards to go along with six catches, twenty six yards. It's a big thing, man. You know, even when he's getting volume, it's like he just doesn't average anything good catching or no. or running. He's like a three yard a, a rush guy or, so or like a three or four yard a uh, catch guy. So okay, he's getting all this volume, but whatever. Warren six uh, rushes for forty yards. That's eight point three a carry. That's pretty good. Three catches, twenty five yards. That's also eight point three a carry. So I mean, got a little less work did more with the work that he got. I mean, they're both kind of small sample sizes. I mean, the, the Steelers are a train wreck, man. I don't want any part of this. Right. The the real big takeaway is Najee used to be the bell cow that nobody would ever sub onto the field. And that's what made him so valuable. Plus he had a little bit more juice. He is just so inefficient after these injuries uh, in the preseason. He looks like a slug out there. So man, not pretty performance for him. Jalen Warren continues to look like the better guy. In fact, he played seven of the nine third down snaps too. So we've got a carved out role, it seems like, for Warren here. So in addition to having that handcuff upside, really like him as a stash um, because there could be some standalone benefits to come from here if his workload keeps going up. Jonathan Taylor, definitely uh, a underwhelming day and probably the worst pick in fantasy this year. 16, I mean, there's definitely worse, but in terms of being I don't like know, number man. one overall. I don't know. Matt, barring injury, do you think he's, barring injury, do you think he's the worst? I mean, he was hurt too, so that's part of why he like it sucked. But uh, yeah, he's he's up there. It's bad. Uh, Sixteen carries, seventy-eight yards. Of course, Naeem Hines gets the score. Picked up an ankle injury. He did return to the game, but it's just a really, really frustrating situation. Um, and then I just wanted to mention a couple of the four o'clock games too. Go ahead. Uh, looking at the the scores here, Commanders very, very sketchy situation for Brian Robinson. Um, they were trailing for most of this game, and Brian Robinson. I don't have the final snaps. Right now, but saw eight carries, 20 yards, and that was it. Gibson, meanwhile, saw his work increase, 14 total touches. The best of the work came through the receiving game, seven catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. But just watching on Reds, I don't have the final snap counts, like I said. It just seemed like Gibson was in there far more often than Brian Robinson. And, of course, J.D. McKissick mixed in for three catches and 14 yards. But Gibson seems like he's coming out of this one with a stock up. Robinson, a stock down. The Rams as well, truth. This was – uh really disconcerting for anybody having Henderson. I saw a question right at the top from Magic Mike about, should I drop Henderson? Absolutely, I think you can drop him at this point. 
Um, four carries, 16 yards. Clearly fell behind Ronnie fucking Rivers, whoever that is. I, I did not make this up. It's not a like create a player in Madden. Ronnie Rivers is an actual human being. Uh, who I will give give uh, Matthew Berry a little credit. He actually called it that this guy was going to leave the backfield today. He did. He had eight carries for 21 yards, so it wasn't anything special. That, that's that's what passes for leading the backfield these days. Yeah, and four, four catches for 15, just two catches for 14 yards for Daryl Henderson. So a just awful performance. The backfield's really just sucked all year. Uh, so, yes, I absolutely think Henderson is dropped. Outside of Cooper Cup, what has not sucked for the Rams this year? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Man, they're, um, they're, Allen Robinson, bad, but looked actually kind of more at home. Had one or two decent plays. Saw a couple decent plays, at least involved in the offense. Uh, but, yeah, again, Henderson, cuttable. If he can't beat out Ronnie Rivers. Uh, and it's just if you have Kyron Williams stashed right now, and if you don't, go sprint, go get him. Uh, clearly, they need some kind of spark, and there's no guarantee he provides it. But this was a just disgusting performance overall from this backfield. Wide receivers, positives. These guys just keep plugging along, don't they? Tyreek Hill just doing what Tyreek Hill does. 12 catches on 14 targets, a buck 88. Jalen Waddle, eight catches on nine targets, 106 and two touchdowns. Come on, man. The best duo in the league. I, it's easy to say. The offense is so concentrated on them, too, which makes it such an easy go-to stack each and every week for DFS. Man, these two guys are just studs. I don't know how anybody tries to defend this team. Um, and, and I like Mike McDaniels, a great play caller, and Tua can get them the rock. DJ Moore, another great day, 11 targets, six catches, 152 and a touchdown. He's had 19 and like 30 points now in games with uh, since the trades of Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. Just an absolute beast. Um, huge touchdown there towards the end of the game. Definitely made a couple boneheaded passion moments there. But great to see DJ Moore. Like I know we're typically lower on him. But now P.J. Walker is no one else to go to. And this is we've never been low on the player. We've always been low on the role and the usage. This is what – if you told me he's going to get 11 targets here on out, I'd have no problem ranking him as an every week high-end wide receiver too. Who would have thought P.J. Walker was the secret sauce? Like the skeleton key, baby. P.J. Walker, XFL <laughs> legend. Love P.J. Walker. DeAndre Hopkins. Ho-hum. 12 catches on 13 targets. The one he, I, the one he didn't catch, I feel like, was a drop. Like, I feel like it was one he absolutely, like, should have had and he was mad about. Uh, 159 about yards. Touchdown touch. catch, though? My God. You no, can't bring up that, that was vintage. We've seen him do that a bunch. Not this year, necessarily, but that's that's why we fell in love with this guy. He had the best hands in the NFL. Maybe he still he's does. So I don't know. Good. I mean, 12 out of 13 catches, that's pretty good. Great game for DeAndre Hopkins. And the big thing, too, I mean, a lot of people worried after some inefficient performances last year, he had fallen off the cliff. He had gotten too old. Yeah, no, zero. He's, he's and, really and good, I, man. Some of the speculation, I guess, is kind of fair. Zero 100-yard games last year, but now he's back. 200-yard games in two games uh, right now when he went 0 for 10 last year in terms of 100-yard games. He's a beast. He played every single snap. He's getting a ton of work in the slot. That's the big thing is they're now moving him into the slot for about half the snaps where he's never played before. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's, he's moved around. He's capable of that. But at that level, uh, around 50% level, they recognize there might be some limitations to his ability to stretch the field now. They're turning him into a target hog. I mean, this might be the best Hopkins season we've seen in a long time if they keep using him this way. His teammate, Rondell Moore, not a bad day. We'll talk about him. We'll revisit him in the waiver wire section. But he saw eight targets, hauled in seven of them for 92 yards and a touchdown. Just overall, the offense seemed to be moving at a better clip. Uh, they seem to be rounding into form now with Hopkins back. So good to see all around there. Be intriguing to see what they do when Marquise Brown is back too. CD Lamb looked like CD Lamb. 
Five catches, seven targets, 77 yards, and a touchdown coming from Dak Prescott in their easy win over the Bears. Uh, he was out there for the most snaps. He and Michael Gallup both also, they ran 26 routes each, uh, pacing the Cowboys. He was targeted the most times. He also got a random carry thrown in there. He's the wide receiver one on this team. Yeah, and the big thing you said there, he did it with Dak. We hadn't seen that yet this year. We don't have to panic now. He can actually perform with Dak. Terry McLaurin, six catches on eight targets. Huge one there at the end of the game uh, to ultimately finish 113 yards. He has now seen 25% target share or higher in back-to-back weeks with his boy Taylor Heineke back. Had 41% of the receiving yards today uh, for Washington. So Terry McLaurin seems right back into that quality, quality wide receiver two radar now that Taylor Heineke's behind center. Jacoby Myers was the clear number one guy oh. for Mac Jones, who I, who's throwing I criticized earlier in the podcast. But uh, Myers was targeted 12 times, caught nine of them for 60 yards and a touchdown in a game where offense was at a premium. I mean, it was not easy to come by for anyone. So that's a pretty big receiving week from uh, a guy getting thrown to by Mac Jones. Absolutely. <laughs> Jerry Judy, six catches, 63 yards and a touchdown. Rumor of uh, trade speculation. So maybe he'll get out of this hellhole of an offense, but hey, good to see him have back-to-back pretty good weeks. And if he can't escape, you could probably trust him as a wide receiver three now moving forward, unlike his teammate, Cortland Sutton, we'll talk about later. We will in a minute. Garrett Wilson on the Jets, one of the lone bright spots, six catches on seven targets for a buck 15 um, in a in a game where the Jets offense did not do much at all past like the second quarter. Yeah, and we have some other receivers to talk about in the fallers, including Eli Moore, the biggest maybe faller. If he can't escape the situation this year through trade, Oh, it's ugly. Chris Olave, his first real May day of the season. Chris uh, caught five catches on seven targets, 52 yards. With no Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, we've just become accustomed to this guy putting up 100 yards almost like you can print it. Uh, but now, nah, not this time, unfortunately. Hopefully a, a better game's in store. Devontae Smith, he might be a good buy low candidate. I'm not sure this game actually falls into the Mac category. This is either nothing or just bad. Uh, yeah. Five five catches on eight targets, only 23 yards. I mean, if you're playing half-point PPR, that's not even five fantasy points. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, when A.J. Brown is sucking everything up, like, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's too bad. Uh, they'll keep going up and down. It's like you mentioned at the top. They get up to such big leads because of how good they are. They ultimately have to take their pedal off the metal. Uh, so, yeah, brutal there. Deontay Johnson continues to lead the team in targets. Continues to do very, very little with them. Five catches, 35 yards. The ceiling just doesn't exist right now uh, with Kenny Pickett and him just not ever going deep. Man, it's ugly. It's ugly. Darnell Mooney, I mean, he's left a lot to be desired this year. Obviously, some of that field still coming into his own as a passer. We'll see if he gets there. He was targeted five times today. Caught all five of them. Got 70 yards, including a nice 36-yard catch late in the game. Let's say it's a math day, but maybe encouraging. Yeah, 50, 50 or more yards in five straight seems to be at least rounding into that I can trust him every week type of form because Justin Fields continues to rise as well. Getting into the negatives, we got to lead off with Elijah Moore. We have ben. to. I just don't understand how the coach says we cannot trade Elijah Moore and then decides to play him at the fifth fewest snaps. Outplayed by Jeff Smith, by Braxton Berrios, by Denzel Mims. What is going on? So clearly he was benched even without Corey Davis in the lineup today. He is a uh, complete and utter goose egg of a day. Not even a target, zero targets. I was going to say one target. No, Jeff Smith, Braxton Berrios out targeting him on the day. Just an awful, 
awful situation. So hopefully in these next couple of days, he gets traded. If not, I think you cut Elijah Moore immediately. There's no reason to hang on to this guy. Real quick, we're about to rattle off some really bad receiver lines. Cortland Sutton in London, going across the pond to show his skills. Targeted four times, caught one of them, 13 yards. Crappy. Crappy. Devontae Adams, <laughs> one catch, five targets, three yards. Crappy. <laughs> I'm doubling down on him for dud of the week, by the way. Yeah. Um, and his uh, core mate. Hunter Renfro, one catch, six yards. Crappy. George Pickens, no catching, <laughs> three targets. Real bad. <laughs> Josh Reynolds, two catches on six targets for 14. Pretty terrible. And he had one go right off his face. And he had one go right off his face. Now. Right. Yeah, brutal. Robbie Anderson, no catches, three targets. Clearly well behind. Uh, even A.J. Green now in the pecking order. Some bad stuff there. Yeah, let's move on to tight ends and some positive things. And I'm rolling my eyes, or whatever the hell that was. Uh, Kyle Pitts, five catches, 80 yards, one touchdown. I mean, it's definitely his best game of the season. Yeah, it really only happens when they trail, and it's still hit or miss whether they're going to throw or not when they trail. A 71 of his 80 receiving yards did come when the game was tied or they were playing from behind. They also have one of the easiest schedules remaining here. So if they get leads, I think he's going to go right back to that brutal form. So if you can sell Pitts on the name value on this performance, I think this is a good week to do that. Dalton Schultz. Ho-hum, seven targets, six catches, 74 yards. Just like when Dak is back, that's his boy. You can always depend on a you know a good five to eight catches, 60 to 80 yards. Just bank on it from Schultz from here on out. Zach Ertz, this is a mad performance. He's been pretty reliable this year. He was looking pretty rough, but he did end up scoring. Four catches on five targets, 34 yards, and a touchdown. So ended up for a tight end being a decent fantasy day. Um, not super – didn't love what I saw out there, but the touchdown made it all worthwhile. It really bailed him out, honestly, as somebody who has him. Me it was too. a very scary day. He had a ton of that stuff in garbage time. Hopkins is just the monster here. So I really think Ertz, another guy that, as you said, he has had a good year so far. If you can trade him, get a little value for Zach Ertz, I would be selling him as hard as I could. On the negative front, two guys that might not even be on your team, so I'll just say him quick. Juwan Johnson, two catches, 14 yards. Ugh. Irv Smith, Get rid of him at this point. No reason to hold on to this guy playing nearly equal snaps with Johnny fucking Munt, who gets the touchdown today. You know, hasn't had more than 42 receiving yards in a game this season. 60% player in an offense that doesn't really throw it all that often. Eh. With Justin Jefferson there, no need for him. No need for him. Let's talk injuries, and I hated to see this one. Cooper Cup injured on the last play of the game. There's no reason he should have been on the, in the game anyway. They were down, I want to say, 17, and there was like a minute to go. Uh, looked like he got rolled up on ankle. He did walk off the field under his own power. You never know how that's going to end up, though. Just a dumb call by the coach, and you hate to see it. I mean, the football's a lot more fun when Cooper Cup's playing. Yeah, let's hope this one is not a long-term thing. McVay already saying how much he regrets doing it. No shit. Really, really boneheaded play uh, if you're just going to run the clock out anyways the next one. Mark Ingram exited week eight against the Raiders. Uh, did not return with that knee injury. Didn't have a rushing attempt anyways. It looked like Kamara was going to be dominating the workload, but this certainly anyways locked that into that monster day we had Kamara see. Uh, maybe it was because Mark Ingram was out, but I just think Kamara was going to go crazy either way. Devontae Parker went into the medical tent in the Patriots game against the Jets. He went in there, then he went back to the locker room. This happened on the first offensive drive of the game. He did not come back. He was immediately downgraded to out. We don't know what's going to happen moving forward, but we do know it's a knee injury. Absolutely. We did see Tyquan Thornton run 60, uh, ran 60 routes. I mean, uh, 60 snaps, 37 routes, became a near every snap player there, as long as, as well as Kendrick Bourne too. 
in that absence. So if this is a lengthy absence for Devontae, Tyquan Thornton, we continue to talk about as a waiver target, good player to keep note of. And last, and I mean, certainly most important, I guess, is Jonathan Taylor. He did end up returning though. So it wasn't the end of the world, but he had an ankle injury, just kind of adding to the frustration and anger of the season for him so far. All right, let's get into waiver wire, guys. Rondell Moore, only 35% rostered. Seven catches on eight targets for 92 and a touchdown like we talked earlier. You could do a lot worse than that if you're looking to fill a receiver gap. I may be going after him this week just to give you an example. I think you absolutely should be. I think a lot of people cut him after the useless Thursday night football where they started him. They were angry. They watched him on primetime do nothing. But this team clearly wants to get the ball to him. 77 of the 78 snaps, 52 route runs, eight targets, only trailing uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But great to see him getting reinvolved. Well, with two carries. So versatile talent, very explosive. You can see the ball when he, he had the ball. It really pops when he has it. So, yeah, I'm really big fan of uh, of, of Rondell Moore. So I lost my place here. I've been there. Big, big fan of Justin Fields, 41% rostered right now, 26 fantasy points, a season high. He had eight rush attempts, 60 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. They're dialing him up in the red zone a lot, and he just always nice for the defense, looking great. It's two touchdowns. This now marks four straight weeks. He's been a top 12 quarterback. Seems to really be rounding into form and getting comfortable just in time for his three softest matchups of the year. Three straight bottom five defenses he's facing. Love to see it for Justin Fields. I've got Miami next week, fifth most points allowed. Detroit, the fourth most, and Atlanta, the second most. Juicy, juicy slay the games coming up. Would be throwing the hammer down to get this guy if I was a quarterback needy team. We talked about Jalen Warren earlier, so a lot of this is probably going to be a little repetitive. He's only 5% owned. He's obviously now sharing the backfield with Najee. He's not in danger of taking this backfield over unless Najee gets injured. But, I mean, he is getting carries. He is a third down guy, it seems. So, uh, you know, if you need to fill a hole for a week or maybe take a stab at something moving forward, might not be the worst guy you could pick up. Uh, Like I said, he's not going to be a bell cow or anything, but he is getting touches now. If injury strikes, though, we do know Mike Tomlin loves riding his bell cows typically. I think this is a top three handcuff with some standalone upside should he maintain that third down role. Seven of the nine third down snaps, really eating into Harris's workload here. And why not? He's outperformed in uh, 50 yards, 8.3 yards a carry on his six attempts, compared to just 32 yards for Najee on eight. Uh, Also had 25 yards on just his three catches compared to just six, uh, 26 yards on six catches for Najee. Terrace Marshall, 1% rostered, a guy you can continue to look at. Nine targets, pretty solid workload. Had four catches, 87 yards. Not a bad 10.7 points, but looked really explosive after the catch. Nearly scored on that 39-yard strike that did lead to Dante Foreman getting a pound-in opportunity. But encouraging performance for a guy in an offense that has dire need for weapons to emerge here. So solid day for Terrace Marshall. Latavius Murray is 40% owned. We said he rushed 14 times for 46 yards and a score in London. I mean, the Broncos offense, just in general, I'm not particularly interested in. But, you know, he's he's getting more and more touches. They don't trust Gordon. You get the impression, like you said uh, the other time we recorded, get the impression the coaching staff does not like Melvin Gordon particularly. So, yeah. uh, you know, if they're going to rush the ball, it's probably going to be with Murray moving forward, I think. Yeah, 14 carries to nine for Melvin Gordon, and he's been the goal line back in back-to-back weeks here. With no Mike Boone, I think he's a usable flex play type of guy. Usable. Low ceiling, but it's better that you're going to get like 6 to 11, and you know that's about it. But sometimes that's what you need, uh, given the matchups. On the Broncos, though, that I am pretty intrigued by is Greg Dolchik's 
Five yeah. targets, four catches, 87 yards. He's 42% rostered. This is now three straight weeks. He's only been on an NFL field for three weeks. He's made top 12 tight end for all three of them. He looks really good, smooth athlete. Uh, was labeled as a big body, like wide out type of tight end that was not known for his blocking. That's not why he's on the field right now, leading the team in tight end snaps, uh, leading the team in receiving yards. Now two of his three weeks, this guy's solid. I really, really like Dolchik's. You need a tight end. Uh, that 20% target rate is uh, pretty damn solid. Really, really like Greg Dolchitz here. Caleb Huntley, 4% owned. He actually rushed 16 times for 91 yards in the Falcons. Week 8 overtime win over the Panthers. He was splitting carries pretty much down the middle with Tyler Algier. A lot of these backfields are just 50-50 messes right now, huh? Yeah, and then Cordero <laughs> Madison's going to be coming back to this one and make it nasty. So that's why you're not going out there and blowing a ton of money on Huntley. But we have at least one more week till Patterson returns. So Huntley could be that little stopgap option when they have tight games like they did with the Panthers today. He's going to see about 12 to 15 carries. And there's a spot for that in most fantasy leagues. So could be checked out. I'd prefer Algier, who's 54% rostered. So he didn't make the cutoff here, but he did get cut by a bunch of leagues with the impending Cordero Patterson activation. He's more involved in the receiver. Just overall, uh, the better, like, seems a little more explosive. Honestly, both these guys are getting it done, though, in Patterson's absence on a team that likes to run it. Both worth looks as a, if you need a, a fly-in, fill-in, Hail Mary here. The other type of ads we wanted to talk about were some trade deadline speculations. So Elijah Moore, a lot of people are going to cut him based on how frustrated they are. I would hold if you have him. He's 40% rostered right now. If he gets traded to, say, the Packers, maybe the Chiefs. I know they traded for Tony, so probably unlikely. Rams are in the market for receivers right now, though, too, especially if something does happen to company has to miss a few weeks. Elijah Moore, I think, is still an insane talent. Would love to see him in a riper situation, so I'm holding on to him wherever I have him. And Dearness Johnson, 1% rostered. It seems likelier by the day that Kareem Hunt's going to get traded. We've seen how good Johnson is. When we love Johnson. I, we, we are such a Johnson sight. Uh, so if if and when Hunt gets traded, I think Johnson's going to be a very, very popular pickup. Get ahead of it. Monday Night Football, you can still pick this guy up now. You have some bench trash you want to cut. I think he's a great one. Tyler Conklin, only 11% owned still, which is a little surprising. Six catches on 10 targets, 79 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, if you're looking for a tight end, there, there's not very many good ones out there. Why not? Exactly. And the big <laughs> thing was Uzuma had been a little bit more involved for the last couple of weeks, Conklin really took that role back over. He was killing it with Joe Flacco. He was the tight end three for the first three weeks, had disappeared since Wilson took over. But good to see him reemerge as a potential option at your tight end position, as is Evan Ingram, 43% rostered. Saw six targets, hauled in four of them for 55 yards. The big difference this week, he scored. And so he was already the tight end 16 with no touchdowns on the season. He had one of the highest target shares, was top 10 among tight ends with targets and target share. So now we get this guy finding the end zone could be a solid tight end, low end tight end one moving forward. You've been talking up Darius Slayton real quick. His last three weeks, I believe five catches, 66 yards this week, uh, targeted six times, three catches, 58 yards and a score last week. And then the week before six catches on seven targets, 79 yards. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the last three or if that's three of his last four, but the point is he's had, he's had viable out, uh, outings three of the last four times. Maybe take a, a stab at Darius Slayton. I know everybody thinks it's Juan Dale that's leading this team. I was included in that. It does <laughs> seem like Slayton might actually be the most dependable wideout option. And now with Tony gone, you can kind of lock Slayton alongside Juan Dale for a low volume gross attack. But 
intriguing nonetheless. And we want to mention Andy Dalton just one more time. Sure. Let the world on fire, but 17 fantasy points looked real solid and capable. This offense likes to chuck. Their defense typically is not very good so far this year. So I do think we're going to see more situations like two weeks ago where Andy Dalton was the quarterback too in fantasy with over 30 fantasy points, 360 yards, and four touchdowns. So we know he has the shootout ceiling potential as well as a nice baked-in floor of about 15 to 17 points minimum. I like Dalton. I think he takes this job the rest of the year. and can be a low-end, not low-end QB1. I'll say like a mediocre QB2, but super flex leagues and bi-week fill-ins, that has a place for sure. All right, let's hit the mailbag real quick. I got maybe 10, 12 minutes, so let's uh, roll through this. I have to piss thing. pretty bad, so yeah. We'll All right, okay. <laughs> that, I like it when you're motivated. Magic Mike starting things up. Love your work, gents. Thanks, Mike. Should I drop Henderson to stash James Cook tonight, then drop him for Perrine if Singletary gets through the game? Thanks for your help, fellas. Uh, yeah, the Wolf already said Henderson's a viable drop. Yeah, I saw Magic Mike's comment. I just wanted to hit that one one more time. Um, I think absolutely. And if you didn't already drop Henderson for Cook tonight, which I like that tryout, intriguing to always see the bi-week rookie bump. Maybe that happens for Cook tonight. But even if you missed that, I do think stashing Johnson, P. Ryan. there's a lot of options for Monday night. Josh Palmer's also out there in a lot of leagues, and I know he won't play tomorrow, but he's a guy with Mike Williams off on the uh, IR for the next four weeks. Could get some nice bumps for Palmer. Pick him up before he closes on waivers. Wouldn't be too bad. I do see our call, and we got to get our guy in here. Mr. Campanelli, what's going on, brother? Wolf, I should have listened to you today. In my Superflex League, I started Malik Willis. Oh, no. He laid a freaking mallet on my team. However, however, because of you, with Tony Pollard and everything, I was saved. I'm up 102 points, but he has Burrow, Rodgers, and Chubb left. Oh, Rodgers is going to get like four. Yeah, he's the least scary option there. You mushed an entire game, and that was the best game we've seen in London in like 20 years. What are you talking about? That was They were awful. They put up 37 points. That's the most points we've seen in London since, like, you know, Christopher Columbus founded America. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't confirm or deny that, but it was was a – I thought a, a pretty terrible performance between two pretty terrible teams. Now it was competitively bad. Yes. I mean, it was close, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not willing to concede that that was a bad mush. Indeed. I, I will, I will conduct research to find out if that was Please. the highest scoring London game we've had. All right, that's fair. <laughs> I love okay. it. But David, before we let you go, did want to say happy birthday, my guy. Oh, I know you're one of the you. most loyal fans we have. It's so good to uh, have have guys like you supporting us. You're the reason we do this type of stuff. So thanks thank again you. and happy birthday, my guy. Thank Hope you. you have a Cheers, great guys. Keep, keep putting them back. We'll put one back for you later tonight, too. <laughs> Will do. Have a good one. Cheers. See you, David. Oh, I can't. Sorry. I'm not putting one back for another 24 days, Wolf. I'm, I'm I know. Three, I'm, I'm three, I'm three, three weeks in now. Uh, good for you, man. Keep it going. Yeah. Very, very uh, deep comment here from Ryan Hegarty. <laughs> I love this stuff. Daniel Jones sucks ass. Yeah. Yeah. About <laughs> right. You can use the uh, call-in function to whine as well. That's fine. Remember the wine line? We used to love that. We got to get the fun. wine line going again. What's good, Denny Jennings? Where's, did you see CJ's uh, outfit on today's morning show? <laughs> Briefly. Yeah, that onesie on is very frightening and sickening. He did give everybody a turn. At the end of the, sh- the show, and Denny Jennings definitely put the uh, hard eyes out for him. Beautiful performance. He should have had one of those. Uh, you know how Flintstone had one of those onesies, but he also had like a necktie on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even a Flintstone one though. It was just like a woman's leopardy. Is weird. It was. It's very unsettling. But 
we yeah, did it. It was, it was unsettling. <laughs> it's not the first time we've been on. You're our lowest audience today. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a small crowd today, too. I don't know. Maybe people are just tired. Uh, yeah. Chris Thomason, seven and one wolf. I played against Kamara and Pollard. Ouch. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. But man, seven and one still a very, very respectable start to the year. Let's keep it rolling. Now you kind of, you know how it is in even the real life football. You get the loss off your chest. You can kind of breathe easier here. Currently ahead 74.2 to 46.1. So 28-ish lead. I got Aaron Jones and Tyler Bass playing, but he has Joe Burrow and Amari Cooper. You think I can pull it off? I think you're in pretty good shape. I mean, Jones obviously tonight like will determine a lot. Um, and I'm I'm really hoping for a huge bass night. I need it. So I think you're in pretty good shape here. Burrow could obviously just go completely nuclear the way he's been doing the last couple of weeks, and then you're fucked. But I'd, I'd set this at like 55U, I'd say. What do, what do you think, Truth? 55%? I'd give him about 60, actually. All right, nice. Broderick, thanks for the advice. Came in clutch this week. You're welcome. Right. I don't know what advice the Wolf gave you, but he's good for some of that. I forget what it was, but I know you super chat us, Broderick. So I always, I always want to get it right for everybody, but especially those that are willing to super chat us. So, man, I'm really happy for that. Glad. To well, hear we it. are halfway through the first quarter. Packers Bills. It, it is scoreless. Sarah Riley down 11 points against a Kamara owner. Should I start Gabe Davis or hold out for T Higgins PPR? I mean, it's too uh, late. We, well, we missed the Gabe Davis one. I would have gone T Higgins though myself. No Jamar Chase. You know how much I love the daddy, but no, I'm going to go T Higgins there. I would have too, although it would have hurt me to do it. Why two J twenty on the boy Wandell did, did me dirty. <laughs> I know. I started him too. I was so fucking pumped about him too. But damn, damn, damn. Tunes is up a hundred to ninety four. Basically, I have Burrow and Higgins tomorrow. He has Singletary, McKenzie, and Rogers tonight. Who wins? I like you. Oh yeah, give me Burrow and Higgins <laughs> all day. Burrow Higgins in a lead compared to those weapons. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tunes. Yeah, I, I feel great about your spot. Played Pitts in two of my four leagues. We're lucky. Good. Lucky you, man. You're smart, Kyle. My dumbass played Fryermuth and benched Pitts. Hey, I would have done the same. Me, team. actually. So I, I was going to bench Pitts. I picked up Hayden Hurst. And then I had so many injuries that I actually had to play uh, Pitts in the flex. <laughs> and it worked out okay. <laughs> there we go. Wandale, yeah, where did all the targets go? Right. I, love I have this. no idea, Matt. I'm pissed about it. I love this next comment. Darius Slayton, maybe the number one. I will not. I'm going to keep probably holding on to Wandale more, but I will not. uh, Wandale Robinson, rather. I won't be starting him uh, anytime soon, though. That was scary as hell. Daniel Hallen, JT is no longer startable. Wow. His volume does not translate into points. That's a hot take. Hot take indeed. But, man, I I can't bench him, right? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the league size. But, yeah, that's tough to do. But I, I I feel your pain, dude. This is the yeah. week we week we've waited for, and if you go on to the next one, he had Hopkins, Cook, and Henry. So yeah, okay. That's yeah, cool. that's a that's and a honestly as good for. as that is. There's people that had uh, better ones than that. I mean Henry. That's damn obviously, good. Yeah, they're good ones. Um, C and W White Massey Brian Robinson has not impressed me at all. But I've been saying all year that Deontay Foreman is really good. I'm glad to see him finally get an opportunity. Yeah, me too. I'm with you there too. Robinson has looked very very plotterish. I thought I thought Foreman really popped. Like he looked awesome. My brother, you know, joking, is like, is that Dalvin Cook but bigger out there? Because he was just zigging and zagging up there. And the the announcer was like, it looks like Derrick Henry. I was like, oh, shut up. And then you watch a couple runs. Like, I mean, it's not Derrick Henry, but this guy really can ball. I'm with you. Foreman's a player. I really like that. CMC dominated for me this week. Brown Robinson not looking so great. I may try to trade him away this week. Wouldn't blame you. I, if somebody's going to buy him, I'm in. I, he did not look good, and it's definitely a game flow role that, like, oh, not great. Like, the guy that needs the team to be leading on a bad offense, 
I don't know. Not a good buy, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd be trying to sell if I could possibly do it. Everett Pacheco and Woods for Boyd. Should he take it? Ah, Woods is useless. I don't even know why he's on your roster. If you desperately need a tight end, it's not bad. But I'm really intrigued by what Boyd might do without uh, Jamar Chase for however long that is. I think he's going to be a very, very viable wide receiver, too. So, I don't know. Pacheco and Everett don't necessarily move the needle unless you really, really need a tight end. Wolf, I got five minutes. Rapid fire. Go ahead. All righty. How is Ty Conklin tight end one this week? I don't know how these freaking things happen, man. It is such a wild NFL, isn't it, Matt? Like yeah. Tyler Conklin, the top of the position. Glad to see McLaurin. He really did. Tyler definitely is a huge upgrade. McLaurin's definitely been one of the biggest risers these last two weeks with the quarterback change. Team went absolutely off. Hurts, Pollard, Brown, CMC. <laughs> Mixing to go with 202 points. That is incredible, Apex. So you're going to go for like two fit. I mean, put your lineup into DraftKings. You might be the Millie maker winner right there, Apex. Great stuff. Uh, 221. Man, this is one of those weeks where there are just some fantasy bombs going off. It's just wild. 221. My God. Yeah, I was the top team in both of my leagues, uh, which has not happened all year for me any week. And I was the top of both, but I didn't approach those numbers. I was like 150, 160, something like that. Insane stuff. And it's great when you can face Kamar and and still come out because there's a lot of leagues where you just run into that buzzsaw and you're screwed. But this week definitely had a couple of those, like I said, haymaker after haymaker, alternating blows with teams. Good stuff. All four losses against the highest score of the week. That's brutal, Apex. Man, tough fantasy gods luck, but you're doing all right there. Buffalo at the um, one-yard line right now, by the way. Bills are? Yeah. Oh, nice. Let me know if they score. I will. Uh, is Marquise Brown worth stashing? I think so, especially if you have the IR spot. That's a no-brainer. Uh, really depends. 14-man, though, I would definitely be holding on to him if you you have a good record and can sustain the uh, blow. Sorry, guys. We're moving through these quick. I do. We all want to watch the games. You know what? I, I think we're just going to cut it through. There's a lot of good interaction. Hold on. Hold on. In Take this one. Oh, we're going to get a super chat. So that, let's make sure to uh, recognize that. What we're t- wide receiver could I get if I traded Mark Andrews? That's tough to say, man. It's tough to say. I mean, he's, I would say, the equivalent of like a wide receiver one. Um, yeah, I have him ranked in my top 20 overall. So we're talking yeah, A.J. Brown would be probably tough to pull off right now after that huge day. The other thing, too, though, is Mark Andrews is dealing with an injury. So it's going to be tough to move him right now. He's probably going to sit next week. Then he's got his bye week. So I don't know that you're going to get fair value for him, even though I think he's probably worth a low-end wide receiver one. I doubt you're going to get more for Mark Andrews than a high-end wide receiver two, in which case I probably wouldn't do it because the edge at tight end is so, so great. I don't know that you're going to get a fair price for Andrews after a couple duds in a row, now banged up, now the bye like, uh, I just don't think you're going to get a fair price, so I probably wouldn't be out there moving him. But I think a fair price would be uh, right around um, a low-end wide receiver one. As, as Josh Allen, one-yard pass to Dawson Knox, by the way. Hey, good stuff. Good to see Dawson Knox kind of emerging as a good option again. Good stuff. All righty, guys. And, yeah, as you say, uh, Michael, hold him. Unless, again, you could pull it off. Like, I don't know who your backup tight end is, but it's going to be tough to do that. I'd hold him. Um, and we have looked into uh, discords. We don't know much about it, Y2J, but shoot me a DM on uh, Twitter if you have any interest in like helping run it and things like that. We would love to grow a Discord. I know it's popping on a platform right now. Um, good stuff. You guys are awesome. Great chat, and it's great to see all you guys interacting with each other. I don't mean to skip any questions and, and whatnot we got here, but we are humans and want to watch the games too. So we're going to cut the questions there. Thank you again so much for being here, Wolfpack, for our recap show. I'll be back with your waiver wire on Tuesday, a little more in-depth than what we do tonight on that waiver wire stuff. So until then, the world full of fancy sheep. Be those wolves, guys. Later. Later. We used to have it all, but now.
for the applause Oh, oh, oh And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks. <laughs>